0: Welcome to a Millennial Preacher Podcast where we have real conversations about church and faith. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thanks for listening. This is Steven Anderson, the Millennial Preacher. Again, thank you so much for tuning in the podcast today. And hey, I want to give a big shout out to Paul Ackelmeyer, uh, who uh, wrote me and, and uh, who listens to this podcast and said, Hey man, thanks for thanks for tuning in. And if you guys ever want to write me, you can find me on social media, Steven Anderson on Instagram, it's just Steven Anderson spelled with a PH, uh, or find me on Facebook, I'd love to hear from you guys or, or your reflections on this podcast, we'd appreciate it, but hey, let's have another conversation about anxiety, um, this is something that so many people struggle with, including myself, If I drink, even yesterday I was drinking too much caffeine, and for some reason, uh, not really for some reason, because caffeine just does this to people, makes you jacked up, and I'm already kind of jacked up already. On uh, energy and whatnot. And so, uh, caffeine kind of puts me over the edge and my anxiety just goes <laughs> way up. But as we reflect on anxiety, when is the last time that you shared your story? And when I mean shared your story, <laughs> I'm not talking about like uh, what you did last week with someone, I'm not talking about uh, where you went on vacation last summer. Oftentimes, when we talk about, hey, share your story, it's when is, when is the last time you were able to share your, your pain uh, when you felt like you were able to be honest with someone about uh, your struggles, your past sins, uh, current sins, your uh, things you're struggling with, again, the pain you've experienced in your life? And here's, here's what we found. When you share your story, and I mean really share your story in a safe environment, it lowers your anxiety. Every time I share my story and at my church, I try to be really open with my story, my past, and what I've struggled with and what God has saved me from. But when you feel like you can be honest, or if you go out to coffee with a friend or lunch and you kind of just uh, talk through some, some things you've gone through in your life, and then when you share your story and, it's, um, and their feedback is, hey, man, like I'm, I'm here to support and encourage you. <sighs> It's like a, you take a deep breath and your anxiety just goes from level 10 to a level 3 almost immediately. When you feel like you don't have to try to hide anything, when you're not fearing judgment or shame from a person, you don't care about what they think about you, uh, all you know is that they want to support you and, and encourage you. And as we reflect on Scripture, I think the Apostle Paul was very in tune with his story because he spoke of it often. He didn't try to hide who he was like we tend to do. That wasn't me. Yeah, Yeah, it was. It was you. He didn't try to hide who he was. He wasn't proud of his past, but he was open where he came from, uh, and he he shares it often to people that he is mentoring. Again, he doesn't act like he is perfect, and he wrote a third of the New Testament. (laughs) Uh, He reached hundreds and laid the foundation of the church where we worship still today he doesn't act like he's perfect he doesn't hide who he was he's honest and he simply just lays it on the table and i want to reflect with you on a passage of scripture in first timothy chapter one uh, paul is sharing his story with his disciple his disciple timothy really his spiritually adopted son uh this one uh timothy is a person he was training he was investing into him uh timothy was a young man um uh, Most theologians believe he's around 30-ish, and this is someone, again, that Paul was investing into, and he says this to Timothy in this letter that he writes in chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and he says, I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience and with even the worst sinners then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. So as Paul's writing to Timothy to encourage him uh, and and to invest in him, Paul says, listen, Timothy, uh, I'm an older gentleman. I've been doing this for a while. He says, "I, I I'm not in denial. I was a terrible person. I was a... I was uh, a persecutor of Christians. I went around trying to bring men and women uh, to jail in chains because they uh, were followers of Jesus. Paul says, I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In the Steven Anderson translation, he says, I was a jacked up dude. I was messed up. Yet God had mercy on me because he did it. And he says, I did it in ignorance and unbelief. And then Paul is able to share of God's redemption and God's grace, he says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. He says he lays it on the table. I'm not perfect, um, and I'm, I'm still striving to to follow Jesus, but I'm not. I'm not perfect. I'm the worst. But God had mercy on me, so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of His great patience even with the worst sinners, with even the worst sinners, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. He says, listen, I was a messed up guy and I want to show you by example, using my life, that God saved me. And if God saved me, then God can save anybody. He says, look, look at my story and God saved me and it shows the power of the grace of god and the redemption of jesus he's open with the story because he says look I'm, I'm not a perfect person i was I, i've been saved only by jesus and only by his grace and his mercy and and with us in our personal lives in our stories we can sh- and we can share it with people safe people that we know are, are not going to blaspheme us or or throw us under the bus if god calls you to share your story you share your story um uh, but it'll only lower your anxiety if you share it in a safe place. But it's always um, so good to be open with your story so you can show the example of God's grace and his mercy in your life and so they too can believe and receive eternal life. That's what Paul says. Listen, I was messed up. If God can save me, he can save anybody. So share your story with people. Be an example of the mercy and the grace of God. So the question is, when we talk about sharing our stories and lowering our anxiety, uh, why do we like to keep our stories to ourselves? You we talk about our stories. We're talking about the pain we've experienced, the struggles that we faced in this life. And again, we're not just talking about sin, but your story, what makes you who you are as a person, the pain you have experienced in your life. Why don't we like to share our stories? Well, personally, I believe it's because it makes us look like we are weak. Like we are weak. The same thing like, oh, guys, don't cry. You know, buck up. Uh, you're you're going to be fine. Um, and even with uh, movies, if you've watched a movie with someone, maybe I'm, I'm this way, Uh if there's a sad part of the movie and tears start streaming down your face, you try to wipe it away real fast so they don't know that you have emotions. <laughs> I, I I am such a terrible uh, sucker for chick flicks and sad movies. Like, if if I am, man, straight up Lord of the Rings, right? Episode uh, three, The Return of the King. If I watch the series from the beginning to the end, when I get to that battle scene and the king's, like, motivating everyone, I'm like, it's so awesome. It's amazing. Or Or the first five minutes of the Pixar movie up gosh dang it, most beautiful love story ever on film, uh, by the end, oh man, it's just, oh, I just weep like a, like a baby, but we, we don't like to show people, like, oh, I, you feel those things, I never do, I, I, I don't cry, but when we have the ability and the opportunity to be able to share our stories in a place where we feel like we are safe, when we can share our stories and even weep in front of people and not feel like we are being judged and there's people around us that we can trust, then our anxiety will dramatically lower because we know someone else knows what we're going through. Oftentimes, anxiety heightens when we think we're alone. Uh, Solitary confinement. No one else knows what I'm going through. You get anxiety, but when you share that and someone says, hey, man, I'm struggling with that too or, or whatnot or I've been there, uh, or just maybe someone's just say, hey, man, I'm, I'm here for you. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here for you. Your anxiety goes from level 10 to level 3 when you share your story with someone that you can trust. And those are the key words there. Again, when you share it with someone that you can trust. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Goonies, one of my favorite movies of all time. I lived on the coast of Oregon for six years almost, and I loved Driving through Astoria and just seeing the, some of the scenery of the movie The Goonies is just so awesome. Cannon Beach, Oregon had the beginning. Anyways, so there's a scene in it when Chunk, which is an amazing name for a child. Um, his friends are going to find this treasure. The Fratellis, who are the bad people, capture him. And they're, and they're telling like, where'd your friends go, all this stuff. And they're trying to get him to to tell him where their friends went. And, and they kind of put his hand in the top of a blender and turn the blender on to freak him out, saying, like, tell us. Uh, tell us everything and and type deal and then he goes and he spouts off of like oh when I was in the fifth grade I stole Billy's library book and then when I stole my friend's lunch money and then I lied to my dad and all this stuff and and it's uh it's hilarious but his anxiety does not lower they're asking him to basically share a story kind of what are you struggling with where are your friends but his anxiety heightens because it's not a safe place so uh you want to find a safe place. That's the whole point of that entire illustration. I just really wanted to talk about the Goonies. But you have to find a safe place to be able to share your story. You can be honest and open and even feel comfortable enough to cry in front of someone. And uh, women do this much better than men do, but uh, men have emotions too. Uh, and oftentimes men don't have a friend like this and sometimes women do. It's not 100 I mean, everybody could use a friend like that. But my prayer is that the church where I serve at at Liberty Christian Church will be a place where people can come in and they feel like the people that are in the church, because the church is the people, it's not the building. They'll feel like the community is a place that they will feel safe uh, and that they can build relationships with people and feel safe enough that they will eventually be able to share their story and uh, we can encourage one another, uh, motivate one another, and that anxiety will dramatically lower because in our country In the United States of America, I mean, anxiety is just like an all-time high. Uh, The World Health Organization says that stress is one of the health epidemics of our generation. Uh, Stress does terrible things physically to your body. It's just bad news. And what if the church was a place where people could come in and (sighs) take a breath? What if people could come in and share their, their stories? Be in tune with their stories, not deny what happened, but... Uh, share their stories and say, hey, like God saved me. That's the only reason I'm here. It's because he He saved me. In, in my ministry, I, I feel the same things that Paul felt. I mean, I didn't go around trying to drag Christians to, to jail, but I, I was rebellious against God. Uh, I was pursuing a life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's what, what I thought would bring me happiness. I was rebellious against God. I pursued the desires of this world. And I, I try to speak of my story often when I teach, when I preach at, at, at the church I serve at. I, t- I try to show my own brokenness so maybe other people will feel comfortable enough to be able to share their stories with, with people. And I firmly believe that God chose me to be a pastor, to be an example of his mercy and his grace. Of his mercy and his grace. Guess if God can save me, again, God can save anybody Moved out of my parents' house when I was 17 into my buddy's basement. Uh, lots of high school-type parties and early college parties and college towns and, and whatnot. And there's just nothing nothing there. I didn't find anything. But when I gave my life back to Jesus, I started pursuing Jesus. He, he changed my life. And now I get to be an, an example uh, for him, an uh, example to others to say, if, if God can save me, God can save anybody. And it says in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power works. uh, My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. And we do such a poor job of this in the United States. We like the uh, CEO model, like we want to look like we're, we have it all together and our life is perfect and, and, and everything, instead of being like, Listen, no, it's, this isn't about me. Uh, at my church, I pray people know when they come in that this isn't the Stephen, I, I don't want people to follow me. I want people to follow Jesus. And in your life, your personal life, wherever you work or school or whatever your situation is, God used you. If you've been changed by Jesus, uh, God used you as his example. Sharing your story not only lowers your anxiety, not only keeps you in humility, it shows the example of the grace and the mercy of God. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was um, hanging out with a friend of mine who was uh, not a church person at all. Curses like a sailor, and, uh, but they're awesome. And for some reason, God, uh, in, in my conversation with this person... I felt led to share my story, the The opportunity came up, and so I kind of just laid it on the table, and if you haven't heard my story, I'd love to sit down, and have coffee sometime if you're in the Salem area, but uh, my parents got divorced when I was in high school, my dad was not very present in my life, um, and I, again, I moved out of my parents' house when I was 17, rebellious, my dad spent thousands of dollars on other women, and uh, my eventually moved to Las Vegas, and so I kind of laid it out on the table with this person. And and I said, I, I, I rebelled against God. I, I was going to parties. I wanted to be in a famous rock band and et cetera and all this stuff. And and after the conversation with this person, I was like, oh, Stephen, you idiot. Like I, I felt so embarrassed. I felt like this guy uh, was never going to talk to me or, or look at me seriously again. He's like, this guy's emotional. I kind of just laid my story on the table. I didn't weep in front of him, thank goodness. But I, I just laid it on the table. Um. I don't know why, but I did. And a couple weeks later, I was hanging out with this person again, and I had the opportunity to really just share the message of, of Jesus. And I, I was able to clearly share the message of the gospel. And I believe I had the opportunity to share the gospel because I came in brokenness and saying, hey, man, I'm, this, isn't about, this isn't about me. And I think for some who have been Christians for many years who live in the church world, we forget where we came from. We think, oh, that that wasn't me. I was never uh, this type. of Yes, yes, it was, and yes, it was you. And when we talk about sharing our stories of where we've come from, I'm not saying be proud of it. When I was in Bible college, people would have, like, testimony battles where someone would come up and share after a day of prayer and be like, you know, I, I smoke so much weed. and Sorry, that's my phone. I should put it on silent. Uh, someone would say like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, God saved me. I used to smoke so much weed and all this stuff, and but God saved me." I was like, "Oh, that's so cool." And the next guy would come be like, "Oh yeah, I used to do cocaine," and everyone's like, "Whoa, God really saved that!" And so it's it's kind of ridiculous. The next person comes up, "I used to do crystal meth." Whoa, it's it's just like what the heck. So I'm not saying be proud of it. Don't be proud of it. Like, I used to do that. No, no, no. But be honest. Be honest with your story. Look what Paul says. Do you see honesty in there? He says, I was terrible. I was the worst of them all. But God is merciful. Again, Paul shares a story in the book of Galatians. He's writing to the early church in Galatia, and he says this in chapter one. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews and my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Again, he says, listen, I was messed up, dude. I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. Paul, again, is open about who he was, his past, his story. And here's the deal. He knows that his story does not define him. And I want to be very clear with this. You're listening to this podcast, I want you to know this, that your past, your story, your struggles, your pain, it does not define you. Don't have anxiety over your past. Paul doesn't have anxiety about it. Your past, your story does not define you. Do not let your past hang over your life like a little gray rain cloud that follows you around. Do not let your past hang over your new life in Christ accept your past again don't be proud of it (laughs) accept it acknowledge it before God and move forward forget about it Psalm 32 the psalmist says finally I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide all of my guilt I said to myself I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me all of my guilt is gone You confess your rebellion to your Lord. again. you, You accept your past. You acknowledge it before God. And then your guilt is gone. And how many of us still carry that guilt and that anxiety around? Accept it. Acknowledge it. And forget it. Forget it. Move on. Show your life as an example. Don't let your past define who you are. And when we talk about forgetting about your past, I'm not saying live in denial, like it never happened. Oh, I never did that. Yes, you did. It's more of a not caring about it anymore, meaning it it doesn't define you. Your past sins and your brokenness do not define you. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So forget where you came from, And look forward to where you are going. Paul says in Philippians, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He says, I focus on this forgetting the past. I'm not in denial about it, but I don't let it define me, and I look forward to what lies ahead. So in your life, be honest with your story. Share it often. If you don't have a community that you feel like you can be honest with, find a community. If the church you're involved in you don't feel like you can be honest or or build relationships with people that you will feel comfortable enough in sharing your story, you should leave or start a group yourself and be the change. But share your story and share it often. Don't let it hang over your your, your head like a rain cloud. If you know Jesus, you are a new creation, no longer under sin, but under the grace of God. You have been forgiven by God. And if God has forgiven you, here's a big thing. If God, the creator of the universe, who you sinned against, if God has forgiven you, you can forgive yourself. For you've been saved by Jesus. Move on. In Romans 8, Paul says, Therefore, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Zero condemnation. Zilch, for those in Christ Jesus. That means if you've acknowledged your sins before God, you believe in Jesus Christ, you have been forgiven by God. Don't let your past give you anxiety. There is no condemnation. We get bogged down by our past sometimes, and Satan likes to remind us of who we were, not who we are in Christ. I I came across a quote on the internet, uh, and it says, the next time Satan reminds you of your past, Remind him of his future, and it's not good for him. You know, flames, fire, stuff like that. (laughs) But don't let your past bog you down. Share your story often. Be an example of the grace and the mercy of God. Be honest. Speak of the redemption of of God. Tell of his love and his mercy and and grace. Be an example of the love of, of God. And when you share your story, and I mean, again, really share your story not where you went on vacation last summer, but the pain you've experienced in your life. When you feel like you can share that honestly with someone, your anxiety will dramatically lower. And if we share our story often, it can help you find some of the roots of your anxiety. Because if you struggle with anxiety, a lot of it stems from something. Now we all have anxiety over certain things in life we we worry and whatnot that's a constant battle but there are also things that give us anxiety that we are not even aware of and the more you share your story the more you learn about yourself i don't know if you've been to therapy before or seen a counselor i've done it a a handful of times in my life but anytime i go to see a professional counselor it always starts with well steven what tell me about who you are and Why are you here? Tell me your story. And typically, I just share my story, and then they give me reflections on what I'm sharing. And sometimes it's healthy to have someone else's input on your story because they'll show you things that you don't see about yourself. And that comes from sharing your story. And when you share your story often, maybe you'll be like, oh, uh, I've shared my story many times, but I've noticed something that I have never noticed before. And you can attend to that. You will become aware and you can attend to it. So I was able to go on a study break, a very short study break. You know, I've got four children, so it's hard to to get away because my children are insane and I love them to death. But I went on a study break to uh, Cannon Beach, Oregon, which is where I went to Bible college and lived for five and a half years and worked in the church out there in Seaside. And uh my whole purpose of going out there was to pray and study. I was working on this series for the Christmas season, uh, for what's gonna work, what, where we're gonna go in 2020 at the church I serve at, at Liberty Christian Church. And I was praying, and I was typing, I was reading all day long, and then I felt led. and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go on a walk. It's like you know, 9:30 at night. It's cold outside. It was like 40 degrees. It's clear. You can see all the stars. You could see the ocean. You can hear the ocean. It's beautiful. Um, and as I'm out there walking on the beach, I'd start conversing with God and I was kind of hashing it out with him and I was going out there to pray, but really I, I just started sharing my story with God, things I was frustrated with about myself, about, uh, how I felt my anxiety. And in this beach walk on this random evening on a Sunday night, I was the only one on the beach. I realized and God revealed to me that some of the, the core of my anxiety is the pursuit of approval. The pursuit of approval. And in sharing my story, I found this because as a kid growing up, I, I never had approval from my father. Uh, whatever I did was never good enough. I couldn't fix things. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything for approval. A pat on the back type type deal. And I've translated that to my life, and even my view of God. I have anxiety for the pursuit of approval from God, and I have anxiety over questions like, what if I let him down? What if I don't trust God enough? What if I don't do a good enough job? What if I fail as a pastor or a dad or a husband? What if the church budget starts to decline? What if no one listens to my podcast? What if this? What if this? What if this? And it's all of, what if I don't do it right? What if I let God down? And what God said to me that evening, not verbally, but in my heart, He said, Jesus said, Stephen, am I not enough for you? All these things you're wearing, what what are you doing? Isn't my grace sufficient for you? Stop trying to do this one by yourself and stop trying to do this on your own power. You see, in in my pursuit of approval, that's what I do. I want to do it myself. I got this. I don't need anybody's help, but God says to me, in second Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in, in weakness. This is something that I constantly struggle with. Really, it's my pride, right? I want to do it. It's all about me. It's my it's my thing. No, God says, No, this is my thing. You're you're doing your thing for, for me. And my power is made perfect in weakness. We don't like that. We don't like to be seen as as weak. But you know what? After I shared my story with God that night, On the beach, I came back to my hotel room and I just felt a ton better. It's like a burden had been lifting off my chest. It's something that had been building up that I hadn't been honest with God. And when we are not honest with God, one, it's stupid because God knows everything. And so he knows if you're not being honest or if you're holding something back from him. And I realized, which I I realize every single day, I'm just a broken man who is made whole only through knowing jesus christ and this motivates me every day i have a a commentary from my great-grandfather who i never was able to meet but he was a a christian man follower of jesus and uh a quote at the beginning of his commentary that he wrote in his pen in pen says it is the heart purged of pride that god's power operates most effectually and this is one of my life quotes because I believe when people uh, look to Jesus and not the pastor, the world is a better place. Because I will fail people often, but Jesus will never fail them. So in your life, find a community you can trust and share your story. Share your story with God and share with someone you trust. Your anxiety will lower. And it will encourage others to, to share their story. And then their anxiety will lower. And my prayer is, is this. What if the, the church was a place where people could come in and, and take a breath and feel like it's a safe community? What if people came to the church and felt like they would not be judged, but they could share their story and it would be met with love and compassion and anxiety regulation? What if people could come in brokenness and and weakness? And it seems that is where God does his greatest work, with broken people, not people pretending that they have it all together. You think about people in Scripture, (laughs) Abraham, Abraham, Moses, I mean, these guys weren't perfect. (laughs) David, man, that guy messed up big time. But to see what happens when broken people are restored by a mighty God, I mean, you want to see church growth? You you want to see revival? That is where it it begins. So I pray that uh, the community of the church is not one of judgment, not one of condemnation, but you feel like it's a place where you can find community, build relationships, and simply be honest. They don't feel like you have to put on a mask to come to church and and look like you're a perfect person because we live in the world of social media where it looks like everybody has the perfect life because we take 20 pictures and we choose the one that looks good. (laughs) It's just the truth. And how many people are longing for relationships with friends, with people that they feel like they can share their story with at They know that they're not in this life alone, that Jesus is with them and that the church is here with them. What if the church was that place? You share your stories with each other. You pray and encourage because that is when anxiety falls and that is when broken people will be transformed by a merciful and a grace-filled God. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening today to the Millennial Preacher Podcast. Uh, if you'd love ever to come and visit us live, come to Liberty Christian Church on any Sunday morning in Salem, Oregon at 9 or 10.30. And again, uh, if you guys would like to write me, you can find me on Instagram, Stephen Anderson, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-A-N-D-R-S-E-N. And I'd love to to chat with you and you can send me a message and, and whatnot. But thanks for listening today, guys, and we'll catch you on the next one.